and welcome to the AEW Revolution After Party here on Sunday night's main event. What a show it has been. We are here past midnight starting this after party, but we're going to be covering everything that you need to know about the show and then some, and then as we always do, we turn things over to you, the listener, to get your feedback in. But considering it's Monday morning, we'll see how that goes. We're your hosts. I'm Boris, and I am joined by Dag Xavier, Josiah Dax. Welcome to the show, and how's it going? Uh, what's good, wrestling fans? Hell of a night. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about. I'm looking forward to it. We do have a lot to talk about. We have tons to talk about tonight. Um, let's just get right to things. What did you think of the show? Thumbs up, thumbs down, and we'll even add the thumbs in the middle. Me, thumbs up. I felt like, thank goodness I paid for the, this amount of money and got, you know, a good show out of it. Um, normally, I'd never, I'd never ha- had this issue with a AEW pay-per-view, but I, again, I haven't watched all pay- all their pay-per-views as of late, so I, have, I had good feelings about this one. This one lived up. Got it. Got my money out of it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, I would agree overall, but I'm thinking I'm thinking I think that the last three matches overall at the end of the day made this a thumbs up show for me. It was touch and go there in the beginning and the middle. But overall, you know what? I live for moments. I love moments. I'm a moment type of guy like Mark Andrade. It's about the spectacle and that spectacle overall of the main event while not my cup of tea generally it was a special occasion a special match something that we're all going to remember at the end of the day and i agree with you it was very annoying that they cut the feed but that's what happens when you pay for pay-per-view at least we got the main event in unlike halloween havoc there you go there you go so i mean look as far as the matches that i wanted that i was looking forward to i felt like they lived up everything else it could have done it and it could have not lived up and I would have been okay with it because I wasn't really looking forward to it, but they were solid at best. Yep. Overall, overall, I would agree with you there. Uh, yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy f- few hours watching wrestling. Uh, you can join in on the fun. And as always, patrons have first crack. They already have the link in their mailbox. Uh, you can join the patron by going to patreon.com slash radio. Uh, I will yes. say real quick to the to the person who said that they you know they were annoyed. I agree, but I get I got a feel I got a big feeling they're going to show it on uh, on social media. Yep, and pick up where they left 100%. off. Not, I don't think they're going to let fans down with that. Hundred percent, like you're you're totally right there. Uh, we do have merch chopped dash teascom slash SME Radio. You can pick up your SME Radio merch right now. We only have the logo up there, but you know, as things progress, we're going to be getting all the shows up there, and well, a, f- a few a few special surprises and whatnot there. Uh, chopped Tees is also the home of Poison Rana and Post Wrestling. You can get all their merch there as well. Hey, that's all a right, pretty man. damn good it logo, is- mind you. Yeah, to say the least, to say the least. All right, so yeah, let's just uh, jump right into things. Uh, Like I said, you can join in the fun a little later. We have all of the chat open. I'll try to monitor the chat as best as possible. Huge thank you uh, to everyone uh, watching us live right now on Facebook, X, or YouTube. If you're listening to us in podcast form, which I suspect a lot of people might, considering it's Monday morning, uh, you know, if we try to always do these after parties. But... Let us get straight into things and chat about AEW Revolution, which started on March the 3rd, ended March the 4th. Um, but it yeah, is a two-day event. Start with the Z- 
Yeah, it really is. It really is. We'll start things off with a zero hour couple matches there. Uh, the first match, the Bang Bang Scissor Gang, Jay White, Austin Gunn, Colton Gunn, Max Caster, Anthony Bones, and Billy Gunn versus Mark Quinn, Isaiah Cassidy, Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Santanam Singh, and Willie Mack. Uh, yeah, 12 person match. Dax? What if, what if we said that we haven't already said about everything that's going on with this entire storyline? I just want it to end. <laughs> just, yeah, same here. You know, end it, now. What gets to me about the whole Bang Bang Scissor Gang is that the whole, the whole reason that they join and are aligned together is because they want to go up against and get some retribution against who? The Undisputed Kingdom. And they've had zero interaction with them since. So None. there not, you go. Not, not even not one. Again. Or or they haven't just, you know, like any normal faction would do is just go after people and show that they are the top talent in the biz. And they've been in limbo <laughs> this entire yeah, time. They're just it's trying been- to one up each other on the mic. That that's this entire that's this entire storyline. The person that I feel the most sorry for is Jay White. We yeah. you, you said it, I say it, we said it on chat together earlier tonight. That he is Jay White deserves more. Yeah. We we should start having exactly. signs and t-shirts now at this point. I know, right? So Singh tosses Austin Colton out of the ring. White trips Singh, and then Billy hit him with a Famouser. Uh, we get the Blade Runner on Mac for the win, and that was that. Uh, some Jay White goes on the mic, gets the crowd ramped up. I want to talk about the crowd real quick. The crowd was hot for the entire five hours. And for good reason. It wasn't like a crowd that was just cheering just for the sake of cheering. They were entertained. They showed it. It felt genuine. It was, or, you know, it was organic. Um, it really helped the night like it normally used to in AEW <laughs> when they were in a packed house. So, like, this felt like the AEW of old. And I, I really enjoyed that aspect as much as everything else that was going on uh, tonight. Yep. So one of the things we were, you and I, again, we were kind of chatting as the show was going, was uh, the set. We do know that Dynamite has a new logo. Dynamite this week is going to debut a new set. And I suspect the set that they use tonight is going to be the new Dynamite set. Quick, Quickly, thoughts on that? I love the set. I love the set. It was really, um, it was beautiful. Um, I just, you know, it's so funny. You know, I'm going to relate the video game to this because every time. Oh, of course. Every single time they change up on things, it just slows the process of that game and people get more pissed because now they're going to be like, okay, now we want this in the game. And they, they're so not even at the level yet. <laughs> so, but nonetheless, I love the fact that now yeah. the, the game that I'm calling Take Forever, Fight Forever, is <laughs> two sets behind. It really is on talent and now in production. Amazing, amazing. Uh, but what's what's the next DLC? Who's coming soon? Daniel Garcia. Who is it? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Claudio actually, which is uh, Claudio this Yeah, there you go. Enjoy. But by that point, we will be playing another game. Yeah, <laughs> we'll create all the people that are not there on there. <laughs> That's literally what I said. Was I made the joke to Dax as the show is going on? Is like, you do realize that there will be create a wrestler intros and costumes for julia hart before julia hart is even in the fight forever game (laughs) it really is i will say this i will look and i i was going to save this for uh the tag team match for the ftr match but the fact 
that I love the fact that Dax Harwood uses my name. It it really freaks me out that I keep hearing people call wrestling fans, historians. When have you ever heard the name Dax ever in the history of wrestling? None until now. So if I see Dax on WWE 2K24, that's a wrap for me. There you go. <laughs> All right. Lexi Nair interviews Doc Samson, Orange Cassidy, Trent Barota, Rocky Romero, and Chuck Taylor. Samson expressed concern about the wear and tear that Cassidy has gone through. He says he's medically cleared. So I love this. I'm very worried and concerned about you. You shouldn't do this. You might get hurt. But go out and wrestle, my friend. That's what friends are for. <laughs> like again i get it i get it and and i know that this whole storyline since cassidy won the belt you know a year and a half ago this is a second reign with it it's always been he is going to be the fighting champ no matter what but it's just funny that you know the, even the doctor's like well you're gonna do whatever so like you do you the doctor's is the smartest person of all like to me i see if that was us like if that was you and you you wanted to play this macho game I'm like, dude, you're a dumbass. Go ahead. Go ahead. You go right ahead and do it. And then if, I'm pretty once sure you lose, you did say this to me back in December. <laughs> <laughs> once you come back, it was like, I told you, dumbass, you should have done it. Like, like I, I'm roasting you at this point. It's like, go ahead. You put this on yourself. Yep. That's the kind of conversation I want to see in AEW. <laughs> like, okay. Yep. Cassidy tells his boys that he wants to handle this match with Roderick Strong on his home and asks them to stay backstage during the AEW International Championship match. And then we get a vignette for a returning pack. I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully he will be all in place. He will be well. You know, he's a he's a move set I haven't seen in a while. Yep. Uh, what happened in December? Well, I uh, I went through the ringer in December. Let's see. That's I got a, another concussion, a broken rib, et cetera, et cetera. And I was still uh, just plowing through. And then by the end of the month, I was super sick. That's neither. neither he had a Darby match before there. Darby. I know, right? <laughs> uh, Tony Schiavone interviews David Crockett at ringside. Crockett said special things happen in Greensboro. Crockett said a lot of random things, but he did say that Crockett spoke about Sting's final match, and he said you don't mess with family while talking about what Sting would do to the Young Bucks. Now, see, I appreciate that they brought David Crockett out. David Crockett is one of my all-time favorite commentators. He is the king of cliffhangers. He is the one, like, if you watch Crockett back in the day and all the hell was breaking loose at the end, he was like, you, we got to go. And the, and the whole entire show, episode come on and Kung Fu, uh, Kung Fu Theater comes on afterwards. And you're like, what the hell just happened? I want to see this next week. David Crockett is legend. I wanted them, I wanted him to be in commentary so bad. <laughs> but it was still great seeing Man. him there. Yeah, it was good seeing him there. The what the one thing was, man, like he was he was just 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 muttering on a little too much for everyone's life. Yeah, he was. But just hearing that voice, yep. it just you know the nostalgia brought it back, and that's the one thing, the one plus I will give tonight is they really hit the nostalgia hard for wrestling fans of old like me. Yep. Willow Nightingale and Chris Statlander versus Julia Hart and Sky Blue was the next match. Dax. Stokely Hathaway things, on commentary. He, he's just a gem. This, yeah. Um, the, you know, Stokely, Stat, and Willow are this are wrestling's version of Three's Company. <laughs> like, when you really think about like, Stokely is so, like, Jack, uh, John Ritter, 
and Willow is like Chrissy, and <laughs> they, they give me that vibe right now. With that said, I love these guys, and I, this match was pretty darn good. It, it Things started to pick up on this. This was much better than that whatever the hell that, that Bang Bang Scissor Gang match was. Um, they finally started... Uh, getting better with the ter- with the uh, match quality so i enjoyed it it wasn't like definitely not the match at night but it it did its it did its uh, job yeah there were a few spots where willow nightingale i think was just getting a little too ahead of herself yeah. a few dangerous spots she she did a um at one point she did a double running senton uh mm-hmm. landed on both heart and uh blue but who she landed right on Julia Hart, like just just flat flattened her. And, uh, and, the other and, uh, one, like she did the cannonball in the corner. Yeah. Ooh, another very scary one. Mm-hmm. And the Oklahoma, what the Pete? <laughs> yes, <laughs> like yes. Thank, and thank you to you know we'll talk about that later. But thank you, you know, um, Haas for doing for showing her how it was done. Like, how do you mess up an Oklahoma Stampede? Seriously. <laughs> and yes, right. to the person who asked, Tony is definitely Mister Furley. <laughs> Without question. <laughs> so I love the fact. Like, let's ignore the the wrestling. Let's ignore everything. But we're gonna talk about the random things that they say in the random eighties and seventies uh, 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 references that they have. Uh, let's see. Uh, Blue gets in. Blue kicks. Willow hits her with a move from the apron. Uh, uh, Joe, uh, what's her name? Hart comes in. They're double-teaming them. Everyone's fighting. Willow hits Blue with the pounce. Statler takes out Hart, and then Willow hit Blue with the Dr. Bomb and Pinder to win the match in about 13 minutes or so. Uh, so Willow Nightingale and Chris Statlander win that one. Oh, man, I struggled on that one. <laughs> so did they. <laughs> Here's my question. Where yeah. do you think they're going with this right now after this point? Like, it sounds like it seems like they're in the in, in the baby face side of things i don't is stokely gonna eventually do what he whatever we think he's gonna do or they just decided to just let it go and let them gel i don't know this th- i feel like they're just gonna become a team and you know this raises the bigger question it's a question that a lot of people constantly ask me offline and when will aew introduce women's tag team championships very true i mean right but even though he got so many more, uh, titles in there already it's like that's the one yeah. title. <laughs> right? That's the one thing. That's the one title that I think that we could really use at this point. There's enough teams. You mix in even the ROH teams, and we are good. So that was essentially it. We wrap up the zero hour with a sting promo. And then we get to the main show. First match of the main show for the TNT championship. Uh we have Christian Cage with Nick Wayne, Shayna Wayne and Kill Switch versus Daniel Garcia. Daniel Garcia is one of the first people that came with a Sting themed outfit. Yeah, that uh that outfit was straight like for I, I felt like that uh that jacket he was wearing was like straight out of like Martin <laughs> the TV show from back in the day. It was like a, I was looking for the for the eight ball portion of that jacket. <laughs> It was dope, though. It was dope. I, you know, it was it was '90s dope. <laughs> yep, it really was. So, yeah, Christian Cage, this match. What did you think of this match overall? It was good. Um, it wasn't the best opener I've seen ever in a any pay per view, let alone Revolution. But again, it was solid. It did it. It did what it needed to do. Christian, you know, came off as the uh, you know slimy hill. 
Um, his faction pretty much helped him win. It, you know, wrench Ross repeat type of thing. It, I didn't think too much of it. It wasn't bad though. Exactly right. Like it's it's the same stuff over and over and over. I'm not saying this in a bad way. Tranquilo, everyone. Um, <laughs> you know, Nick Wayne gets involved. Mama Wayne gets involved. Kill Switch didn't really get involved, which was kind of interesting. Uh, but I kind of like that the fact that so Menard comes down. You know, and that's the way that they get Kill Switch out of this match essentially. But I like that, right? Like I know right. some people might be saying, "Oh, that is overbooked." But at the end of the day, it's a good storyline reason to kind mm -hmm. of even the odds, even the playing field. Right. Yeah, I mean, I had no issue with it. It, it was what it, even though it was predictable and it was what it was, it was still it was still good. This is a good start yeah. off to the Cage to goes the first. Show. Exactly. Cage goes for a spear, he acts like his ankle and knee gives out because that's what Garcia was working throughout the match. Garcia and 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 Cage did a phenomenal job of selling his ankle and his knee throughout the match. Mm -hmm. Like I gotta point that out. It was so well done. I absolutely love that. Yeah, agreed. Garcia puts Cage down with a Paul driver for such a close fall that they were chanting. They being the crowd was chanting, that was three. Garcia <laughs> goes for a jackknife pin, but Cage grabbed the bottom rope. Shayna then distracts the referee while Nick hit Garcia. Nick Wayne, that is, hit Gar Garcia from the floor with a very odd-looking cutter over the ropes. That allows Cage to hit Garcia with the kill switch finisher to get the win and retain the TNT championship. Yeah, it did it, it did its job and I had no issue with it. Um it was it was it was a good match. Yeah. Overall, pretty good yeah. match. Lexi Nair talks with Brian Danielson um as he was shown warming up behind her. Nair said Danielson told her that he would make Eddie Kingston tap out. Danielson made his entrance. Shivani said the match would be fought under Continental Crown rules, meaning no interference and the match had a 60 minute time limit. Backstage Renee Paquette is with Eddie Kingston, but Eddie Kingston is warming up in the background Paquette said that Kingston dedicated the match to June Akiyama as Kingston makes his entrance okay first I love what they did with this introduction thing they had they had the um yep. the ladies do this introduction I've never seen anything anybody do this before I got a feeling this will be repeated again and maybe elsewhere but it was a great way to make them feel like that they were focused, they were serious, they were in in their zone, and it was like their own representatives, and they just put them out in the ring, and I was like, that's awesome. I've never, I, I never even seen that in any combat sport before, so I really enjoyed that. Uh, and if they did get it from somewhere, kudos. <laughs> but uh, it was the start of the night, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I I would for sure say this match. Holy crap. Yes. Brian, I almost call him Bryanson. Danielson and Kingston just kicked the living shit out of each other. Like, this As match was just tough. Exactly what you thought it would be. This has felt like a triple crown championship match. You say triple crown, I say pancreas. Because <laughs> they were, they were palm shots in this thing. And... Eddie, to his credit, like I've I've seen Eddie, you know, throw some hits, but I feel like his energy was up a little bit more than normal. And the shots that he was hitting, especially during it in uh in the rib area, they they were stiff. They they yeah. were like boss rooting 
almost like boss rooting style, like pop shots. Yep. All right. Work rate for every match was off the chart. hundred percent. That's exactly it. Right. While this might not be my favorite pay-per-view per se, I will say that the in-ring was excellent. The work rate was just excellent throughout the entire yes. night. Uh, we also see I am not of at all an Eddie Kingston fan, but I, I would consider this along with Sting's final match as match of the night. Very interesting, hard to argue. considering who this is coming from. <laughs> Very interesting, considering all the plunder that was involved in the main event. But we'll get there when we get there. But yeah, this match was just rock'em sock'em. Remember those? <laughs> remember that toy <laughs> with the two robots where you just yeah. made them punch each other? That's what yep. this match was. Nobody's head, you know, lifted up, but that was great. <laughs> but yeah, thank no, God. it was, it was, it was, it was competition. It was raw competition at best. It felt. You, you almost just got lost in it and forgot that you were actually watching wrestling, actually watching something fictitious and just watching two people get at it. And you just want to see this match, you know, go like I hate to say fight forever because that's just such a branding thing now. But um, you you just wanted to see it and you wanted to see who's going to outdo each other. This We talked about Forrest Griffin and, and Stefan Bonner. This is a Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner match. Yeah, they were just being living shit out of each other, going That's back and forth. Basically what I really what this is. Yeah. Was that Danielson almost did Bryanson again. Danielson uh was going after Kingston's hand. Knowing that Kingston relies on his hand so much, so mm -hmm. he, that's what he's targeting. He's he's got the target on the bad hand. Danielson yeah. hits him with a, a busaiku knee and covered Kingston for such a close fall. Danielson showed frustration because he just wanted the win. He grabs Kingston's arms and stomps his head with a few kicks, and every kick just looked crazy. And like even Kingston, like he was just eating those, and you can tell he was in so much pain eating. I those. know. You can also see the battered and bruises around their bodies, man. This is crazy. There's something about watching this style of wrestling in HD. <laughs> right? Dude, like, you're, you're right. I remember watching this it. during the, uh, the tape trading era. <laughs> and That's the thing. Can you imagine watching some of those old FMW all Japan four, three, matches? Four, three, in three, HD. You know, yeah, 4 3 aspect ratio, and it's grainy and. <laughs> Yep. I still have those by Danielson the <laughs> throws kicks. Same here. Danielson <laughs> throws kicks at Kingston. He ducks the last one, does a suplex. Danielson shoots straight up and does one of his own. Kingston uh, hits him with another suplex. Both men stay down. The crowd starts an Eddie chant. We get the This Is Awesome chant. Danielson went for another Busaiko knee, but Kingston clotheslined him, powerbombed him. And pinned him for the win at 19 minutes, 45 seconds to retain the Continental Crown Championship. I was surprised with that ending. There's something about an ending that kind of comes out of nowhere sometimes. And I'm like, oh, that's the end. Very that's cool. Well, match. It was Like I said, it, this was competition at its best. If you watch a boxing match, a kickboxing match, a MMA match, you know, a fight or whatever like that, you're not looking, to, you're not expecting Who's going to win? You, and that's the excitement, especially when you know that the two guys from bell to bell, pound for pound, are going to just bring it. And these guys brought it. And, you know, they made us they suspended our disbelief and, uh, you know, and making us believe we were watching an actual sport. And kudos to them for doing it. And let me say, Eddie Kingston's storied road is going to be something we look back at years from now. It is just an amazing, amazing 
road that this man is going through and went through both in and out of the ring. Um, yep. Just, I, I think people take him for, take his, his, his real life and his in ring stuff for granted. Like this dude really, 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 he puts his heart into it, man. And it shows. There's just something about Eddie Kingston that he gets a really bad reputation sometimes. And I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know if it's like his promos. I don't know if it's just his appearance. I don't know if it's his wrestling style. I but think it's all of the above. appreciates the sport, right? I, th- I think it's the fact that we, our wrestling fans have been conditioned to this ideology that, you know, this ideology that the WWE has had for years. And making you think like the top brass is those who are in shape and all that stuff because the self fulfilling prophecy is that you know you can't be a big star if you're not the you know a Marvel comic looking dude. Meanwhile, almost every other promotion outside of that tries to you know put in a different ideology and say like that's just stereotype. These guys can put it in no matter what, and you know because WWE has the bigger production, the bigger pool, the bigger you know. You know, everything, that's what people see. The presentation of WWE kind of takes over people's mindset. And it has been like that for years. But, you know, those who are like core wrestling fans, no. I like I grew up with Dusty. I grew up Dusty's the reason why I, I watch wrestling wasn't Hulk Hogan. And Dusty made me believe that he was ever the athlete as everybody else that was like Alex Luger or whatever like that. So I think the I it's the ideology of it all, in my opinion. Right. Having said that, have you seen Dusty play basketball? That man's an athlete, in my opinion. <laughs> but if it was up to certain people in certain other companies, they would not you. They wouldn't try to make you believe that. I'm sorry, that dude. He he could do a great layup. <laughs> yep. All right. Remember, there was the whole condition there that if Kingston won, Danielson would have to shake his hand, and after not wanting to do it, not wanting to do it, he and he eventually does it. Uh, and uh, yeah, shakes hands and raises, raises his hand. arm. Danielson, yeah, raises his arm, bows to Kingston and exits the ring, leaving the ring and to Kingston alone. Very classy touch. Beautiful, beautiful ending to a I will say, pro wrestling match. I will say Nigel McGuinness had me because I'm waiting for them to just to, to announce that Nigel McGuinness is going to be facing uh, Brian Danielson because Week after week after week, this man constantly lays it on him on commentary. And I thought the storyline was going to be because if he didn't shake his hand and Nigel McGinnis was talking about like how to, you know, the prestige of Ring of Honor and the Code of Honor and all this stuff. I'm like, he was really laying it in hard. I'm like, okay, if he doesn't shake his hand and leaves, that gives Nigel a way to get in and that'll be a reason for them to face each other. And he shook his hand. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, they're gonna tease this. They're gonna tease I know this. They, for they're a teasing long, the hell out of this, but it, it, it's inevitable. It has to happen. <laughs> it has to. It has to at this point. All right, the mm-hmm. next match was the eight men scramble for a shot at the AEW Championship. We had Warlow with Adam Cole, Matt, your boy Matt Taven, and Mike Bennett versus <laughs> Powerhouse Hobbs versus Lance Archer with Jake Roberts versus Chris Jericho versus Hook. Versus Brian Cage with our boy Prince Nana versus Magnus versus Dante Martin. Okay, shout out to Magnus for that mask when tribute to Sting. Uh took me like half the match to realize that that he had his face paint uh, you know, uh little icon on it. That was dope. Um, I enjoyed this match. I had I thought this match was a lot of fun. 
it was I didn't take anything serious from it. It 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 I you know my expectations was low. It ended up uh, working out for me. My expectations were low, and this match still did not meet that. I just did not really care for this match. <laughs> I didn't like, expect too much it was out what of it. it was. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. I don't think I, I did. I don't think I did. I didn't expect this match because, especially because of the turnaround of everything and how it went. I'm like, all right, at least they could finally what they could do is have a fun match, and they did. Um, it was wasn't too many. It wasn't really any flop, any flops or anything. It's just it was what it was. It was kind of like. Almost like the the first match, it was like it did what it was what I expected it to do, and we're gonna move on from there. Dante Martin, great performance. Uh, yeah, I felt like he was a little bit off in a sense of he's still. I think he's still nervous about him doing half the stuff that he does, and in fact, jokingly so. Um, his frog splash, I feel like. When he does his frog slash, he doesn't do it like fluently like normally people do. He wobbles a bit. He flakes a bit and wobbles. And I'm like, I feel like during the flight of him going down, it's like, please don't break my leg. Please don't break my leg. <laughs> he looks right. like the dude from the Greatest yep. American Hero <laughs> trying to fly. <laughs> that is so freaking true. Martin comes back. He does a double jump moonsault onto Archer for a very close near fall. Martin then goes for a springboard move, but Warlow swats him down midair, then cleared Cage from the ring. Hook climbed on the back of Warlow. He kind of just shook him off like a, like a nothing. Warlow hits a last ride style powerbomb on Dante Martin for the win to become the number one contender. Oh, can I also say, shout out to, um, you know, I know, I know Tom was saying like he, he's, he doesn't want to see Jericho, but I got to give Jericho props for one reason. I don't know if you saw in the new, uh, in media in wrestling media recently, but he uh, apparently uh, he donated donated he donated like five bucks. grand five yeah, thousand yeah yeah five thousand to um to Virgil's funeral costs and uh, that's the second time he's done something like that uh, for a wrestler outside of the realm in the community Almost mind any you time there is a GoFundMe for a a wrestler that everyone knows blah 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 yeah he will donate all quite a bit so. Like I don't Take agree with everything he does and says or whatever like that, but like he he's new he's kind of a neutral dude and I respect him on that note. Like I don't know if he did that out of respect for the wrestling business or he did that to as a rib to Ole Anderson. But the fact of the matter is, he, he it was it was a great gesture for him to do, and I, I appreciate that. You know, more power to him on that one. The next match was for the AEW International Championship. We had Orange Cassidy versus Roderick Strong. The my one complaint about this match okay. is that Orange Cassidy and I okay look let's discuss this. Orange Cassidy beat up. He should be nothing. This match should have been done in five minutes. Like Roderick Strong should have yeah. just decimated Orange Cassidy if he was as beat up. I know that Orange Cassidy's a fighter. I understand that that's the entire story. He's coming back from adversity, but at the end of the day, Roderick Strong still should have put him away a lot quicker than he did. This is one of those situations that we talked about. Logically speaking, that's what should have happened. But when you're booking like you're creating an anime, that doesn't happen. <laughs> when you play the character of Goku, you're not going to be going away anytime soon. You're gonna you're gonna be crushed <laughs> more than not. And that's what this match was. This was an anime themed match where pretty much, you know, you got to get beat down heavily before you go down. But in real world logic. Yes, you're right. 
it was it's like it's like that that uh, that UFC champion that um lost the diverticulitis. You know what I'm saying? It pretty much it's like you're not going to be able to survive that. Okay? <laughs> Took me a second. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um <laughs> I keep <laughs> You got me. That's twice in one show. So, yeah, so that's my one thing, right? Yes, I do agree. Orange Cassidy did have a lot of the K tape on. You know that K tape? I thought, <laughs> whatever. It was, like, there's no Somebody way better be getting stuck in that when company I, for K tape. Right? When I separated my or broke my clavicle, yeah. that stuff legitimately did help. Like, yeah. it's crazy. A, I had a grinding, I had a groin uh, tear that uh, I used it for. And uh, yeah, that's no joke. It is absolutely yeah, no joke, but they crazy. use it like they use it like it's, it's like it's, you know, fashion. <laughs> I was literally going to say the exact same thing. Like Cassidy put strong down with a DDT. <laughs> Cassidy went up top, then jumps off and hit a DDT on the way down. Cassidy threw two leg kicks at strong. Then a couple hard kicks stomped on him repeatedly. He does a Panama sunrise for a near fall like that little touch. Strong. Uh, gets out of an orange punch and he does a backbreaker. He then hits Cassidy with a knee strike. He then runs the rope and eats the orange punch. Cassidy went for the beach break, but he struggled to get him up because of all I wonder if it was all the injury or he just couldn't move because of all the K-tape. A little bit of A, a little bit of B, maybe. <laughs> he eventually does get the move for the pin, but Strong puts his foot over the bottom rope to break it. Cassidy gets to his feet and was drilled with a knee strike to the head. And he does, Strong then does his finisher and gets the clean win to become the new AEW International Championship. At this point, Dax, you said we would get two new champions. And I believe this was the only one. This was the only one. I am pegged wrong. And I have no problem with that either. Um, this one needed to do happen, though. This one absolutely needed to happen. This was, I mean, yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly about how he should have lost um, it a lot sooner than he should have. But with that said, it was a great match. They worked hard, and he got his he got his send off as he deserved. I, I was expecting or hoping for him to get a standing ovation after that because of how long he has worked with that title and what he's done. He's he's. Uh, I, he's done a tremendous with that thing. And, and I, again, I mean, we we fought Tony about his booking on a lot of things. This one he got right. And yep. he had to because a lot of people was, you know, really throwing shade on him about it. And he, you know, him and OC said, like, nah, we're going to do this. And they did. Yep. You know, a clock is right, at least. A broken clock is right at least twice a day, too, right? And it is. <laughs> After the match. I don't actually mean that. Matt Taven, <laughs> Mike Bennett go in the ring. They celebrate with Strong. That's when we see a returning. And he looks like he hasn't slept in 18 months. <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly. He squares off with Strong. O'Reilly smiles and he hugs him. Bennett literally takes the shirt off his back and gives it to O'Reilly, who puts it over the shoulder of Strong. And he talks into his ears. And he probably said, what do you, what do you think he probably said? Let, let, let's take guesses. Should I get a haircut? Hale Hydra. <laughs> I haven't seen, I haven't heard that gag in ages, huh? <laughs> that was a good one. 
Thank you. Then he leaves the ring on his own, very emotional because the crowd was hot for him. And you can only imagine after having neck and neck surgeries, not knowing whether you'll be able to come back, coming back to a sold out crowd and getting the love that he did, which was great to see. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly leaves on his own and the Undisputed Kingdom are left guessing why. And I'm looking forward to Wednesday to finding out. Yep. Oh, yeah, we have to cover that show, too, huh? We got a brief video package to set up the next match. Uh, Justin Roberts takes over as the ring announcer. John Moxley and Claudio Castanoli come out through the crowd, and they wore Road Warrior-style shoulder pads with spikes. Now, okay, here's the one thing that really bothered me about this entire thing. Tony Khan's dad owns a football team. You'd think right. he could have gotten real styled pads <laughs> from the Jaguars locker room at some point. The pads they wore just looked, they looked so flimsy. They looked this like was, the pads they, they looked that so we would cosplay. buy at Toys R Us. No, they yeah. look straight cosplay, San Diego Comic-Con cosplay. And that's not a knock on San Diego cosplay, you know, uh, Comic-Con cosplay, because that's top of the line. But in a wrestling, you know, of this caliber, nah, they, yeah, they could have did more. But then again, also, like, you don't want to go through the crowd with real road warriors shoulder pads now, do you? Somebody's bound to get cut <laughs> with the real deals. Did you see the main event and the amount of glass going into the crowd? Uh, I didn't see the crowd. I didn't see any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I digress. But that, again, nitpicking at this point. But you know, if a hey, if those are the most critical comments that we can find in certain points of the night then you know that aew is doing something right very true <laughs> ftr dax Har well except for the booking of this match and the ending of this match ftr dax harwood and catch wheeler versus john moxley and claudio casanoli very good match right this is like a clash of styles we've seen yep. this a lot in aew and you and i i think we were talking how john moxley he's like that iguana that can just he he can adapt to anyone's style and we yeah. were talking in this fact that he's going to be going to Mexico in a few weeks, CMLL, and, well, he's going to be facing people who do not brawl. So it's always refreshing to see when Moxley can, you know, change up his style a little bit. But yeah. in this match, it was kind of like a brawling wrestler style. It was a very interesting style that he had. I mean, you got people got to remember, he trained, at, you know, with Randy Couture <laughs> at some point. Um you know, that's no small feat to be, you know, that you're not just getting trained by a guy at a strip mall <laughs> at this point. He knew his stuff and it showed. The man is no yep. joke. Yep. Moxley was isolated and he FTR beat the living shit out of him as they should. Uh, Castanoli eventually comes in. He eats all of the chops from Wheeler, who then stands in the middle rope and threw punches at him until Moxley dumps him over the top rope. Wheeler was selling the ribs after Castanoli goes for a neutralizer on Harwood, but Wheeler reached in and stopped him. Wheeler tags in and FTR set up for a spike pile driver, but Harwood avoided it and ran Harwood into the post. Moxley hit Wheeler with a shot in his corner and then Castanoli clotheslined Wheeler and covered him for a two count. A little bit after that, FTR's rallying and they set up their corner for moves on Moxley, but Castanoli breaks the breaks up. Moxley holds Harwood up in the electric chair position, and then Castanoli jumped off the top rope and hit him with an uppercut, which looked nasty as hell. 
Man, I love those guys. Har <laughs> yeah, Harwood takes the Doomsday Device-style bump on his shoulder, and it was about to be pinned, but Wheeler jumps in from the top and hits Castanoli. Um, so something that's starting to bother me about tag team matches, I saw this in this match, and I guess I saw this. It wasn't even a tag team match. It was the triple threat for the title. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do jump off the top rope and do this amazing move to stop the pin. You can just, you know... <laughs> Kick the guys. Again, Move them off them. That, like, that, 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 that logic thing we keep talking about. <laughs> Wheeler held Moxley up, and then Harwood jumped from the ropes and closed on him. Leads to a two-count. FTR hits the shatter machine on Moxley and had him beat, but Castanoli pulled Harwood off of Moxley, as he should. Wheeler went for a suicide dive on Castanoli. He catches him with an uppercut. Castanoli puts Wheeler down with a neutralizer on the floor. Harwood returned the favor with a pile driver on Castanoli. Uh, Moxley hits Harwood with a death rider and then covers him, but Harwood countered it into a pin of his own for a close two. Moxley then hits the or gets and locks in a chokehold. Wheeler broke free, um, goes after... Breaks free of Casanoli, goes after Moxley. Casanoli catches up to him, puts him in a chokehold. The referee checked Harwood's arm. It felt limp to him to end the match. John Moxley, Claudio Casanoli defeat FTR's Dark Dax Harwood. Sorry, buddy. And Cash Wheeler. Okay. So, let's talk about the rankings now. Oh, we, we definitely need to talk about the rankings right now. Uh, what the hell is the rankings at this point? <laughs> so that's the thing, right? They reintroduced them, but it's like you have you as the fan. If you really want to know, you're going to go check our website for the rankings. Yeah. And then I checked for the rankings and it gave me 2000, like it gave me 2022's rankings. So I don't know what's going on here. But if I'm correct, wasn't FTR like number five at this point? And I feel like they, they were higher, actually. I thought they were in. I thought they were fifth, which I thought was weird too. I, the fact that they were in there, period, I thought was weird because they didn't have any wins to be in there. So now that they lost, like, are they even in the rankings anymore at this point? And in the top five at best, like, I don't know what. How? Why is it so hard to put this ranking together? Like, we got Excel sheets, people. I'm sure we can figure it out. We can put together a formula in an Excel sheet and make these things and make the calculations work. <laughs> I, I just appreciate this one. There are people, there were people who used for, 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 for decades. There was this married couple who created the MLB schedule by hand. If these people mm. can get schedules for 32 teams on 162 games, by God, Tony Khan can get some rankings done properly I, I just can't I, I don't get it man <laughs> right but the same could be said about the eight-man scramble right and it's not like all he, these random people getting a title shot like right. a chance for a title shot that was another that was my other issue with that and that's when I started asking you about I'm like are any of these guys in the rankings <laughs> in this case like I don't get it it's like you can't be you can't be this inconsistent you know it that's the part that bothers me they're consistent about being inconsistent. Yeah, pretty much. But it's the, uh, the the irony of it is like when they did the Continental Classic, they were on point with that thing. We got to see <laughs> right? to actually do it right. Like, if anything, won't we just put everybody in a round robin <laughs> for the rest of the year? Why not? 
That would be that would be insane. That would, it be, would be absolutely insane. insane. It, it will keep it let them, allow them to keep track of themselves. <laughs> right. All right. Speaking of keeping track on yourselves and having producers and making sure that things are going smoothly, this next match, Tony Storm with Lutha and Mariah May versus Donna Diana Perrazzo for the AEW Women's Championship. You and I were really looking forward to this match, like really looking yes. forward to this match. I've seen these two have just absolute gems of matches outside maybe, of this promotion. Maybe outside of this promotion, maybe you and I we 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 had our expectations a little too high. This is the this opposite match. of the other I'm matches not, that we had. <laughs> I'm not saying that this match was bad, but it didn't live up to my expectations, and the ending really hurt it. Yeah, added to that. I just don't believe the crowd is just into Deanna Perrazzo for whatever reason. Um, it's going to take her time. I It's one of those situations where she's in. This is she still just got in. She's still not familiar with the AEW crowd. And, you know, they don't know too much about her because, you know, before this, a lot of them haven't been watching Ring of Honor or TNA and all that stuff. Um, I think it's just going to take her time to build herself. I think she got in the, in the title picture way too early and they, and they felt like they, they, you know, pushed her too soon to this measure. But I think this storyline, this rivalry down the line would have probably been much better than doing it now. Because I feel like it's just they're just getting getting rid of it. And the crowd, like you heard the crowd. It was the quiet. It's the most quiet that you ever heard. This loud, active crowd. Because once this match was over, they went. They got back to being hype again. Yep. Here's the th here's the issue that I had with this match. Uh, like you said, it just didn't seem like they gelled. It just seemed off. It just seemed like, you know, whatever. But uh, the biggest issue I had is something that's not even to do with the match. It's what's going to happen after the match. And that's that. What is next for Deanna Perrazzo? We've seen this in the past. Lance Archer, um, you know, we've seen this with other people. They come in. They get that title shot. They lose. Then what? Yeah. Then what? Taya Valkyrie, you know, same happened to her. Yep. Um. What about um? What is it? What is it? A professor? Maybe they can have something. Try to build each other up. I don't know. And like it, I don't know. His his booking lately has just been less than, and that's the sad part. And people, I'm an AEW fan. Don't get it twisted. I am a I'm a bigger AEW fan than I am WWE, but I always keep it real. And if you're trying to say I'm not a fan, I got an $800 belt that says I am. <laughs> that's hanging, that's mounted on my and wall. a $4 bottle of... Anyways, I'm not even going to finish <laughs> that sentence. Don't you put me out now, there. <laughs> I don't know. I'm joking. Uh, I was hoping for more with the ladies match and agree with Dax. They may have pulled the trigger on this match too soon. This yeah. match, I feel the crowd would have loved this match so much more so much more if it had that build that months yeah build if they would have let breadcrumbs in this at the beginning let them like let them have a little bit of a stare down or whatever like that but then let her move up to the rankings and they keep bringing it up and keep bringing it up. almost like the nigel mcginnis and, and and brian danielson situation like you they keep bringing it up but it's like now you're starting to want to see something happen between those two it's, this is kind of the same thing. Like, let her build up her popularity and then get to Tony Storm and then bring up this storyline. And then, like, I think Tony may have, you know, underestimated the the possibility that people would be into Deanna Prazo at this early stage. 
Um, this is the part of being a hardcore fan that, you know, goes wrong with being a booker as well. My issue, not my issue. I don't have an issue with this. My concern, I should say, is this. I was just talking about what's next for Deanna Perrazzo. Is she going to get lost in the shuffle? We've seen this in the past with Tony Khan's booking. And on March 13th, big business. If Mercedes Monet shows up, you know that the entire women's division is going to be turned upside down. So as Tom just mentioned, uh, Deanna's going to get lost behind Monet. Most likely, oh, God, yeah. unfortunately. Oh, without question. Now, that's going to be the question. It's like, I mean, and, and you know what's even worse? That's the person that you could easily put in that position because her status and Deanna Perazzo's status is a huge contrast. Um, you could do that with Monet because of where her buildup is. Deanna Perazzo is still like, say what you will, she's in a, she's a, she was a big fish in a small pond and now it's like she's in a bigger environment. She needs to start over and build her way from there. Yep, but we'll see what happens in two weeks. Again, this is my fear for Deanna Peraza. We've seen this in the past. We're going to talk more about this a little later on with someone that you and I are just so high on. Yeah. So Peraza gets Storm in the Fujiwara armbar. Storm rolls her into a pin for a two count, but Peraza maintains the hold. Peraza hooked the other arm and Storm tapped out, but Lutha was on the apron distracting the referee. Peraza released the hold and booted May off the apron. Storm kicks Perrazzo, hits her with the Storm Zero before pinning her. If that ending sounded and looked familiar, it's because it was very close to the ending of the TNT Championship match. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was what it was. It probably was the lowest match on the card, unfortunately, and probably the most disappointing of all of the matches tonight. Uh, and I don't know. We'll see what happens next. But I, I, I tell you this, it won't hurt. It, Tony Storm didn't get hurt at all by this. I believe that. Not at all. Not at all. Look, if, depending on the rebound match, depending on what Deanna Perrazzo does on Wednesday or Saturday, she should show up on Wednesday and get a huge win. Like, that That should be happening. But this won't hurt Deanna Perrazzo long-term if, if she's booked properly. And and shout-out to uh, Tony Storm with that entrance that fooled everybody for a hot second. Not me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're perfect. we were looking at eyes boris we were looking at eyes (laughs) will osprey aew debut match as a aew roster member versus kaniske takeshita that's just take it away thank you thank you thank you because this is the reason why i bought this pay-per-view um nope No disrespect. Like Sting was definitely the obvious, but like, no, when this match was coming, I was like, no, this is, this is a guarantee. I love Takeshita. I, I, I've had the pleasure of seeing him, um, you know, work live at, you know, at AEW dynamite. And I knew he was, I knew what he was going to bring to the table. And then you add offspring to it. This did not, in my opinion, for me, this was my match of the night and it didn't disappoint. Yeah. Gave me I would everything agree I wanted with you wholeheartedly. Um, yeah. I was just screwing with you when we were chatting. I'm pretty sure you were able to pick that up. I think no, after the no, match, you heard my feel. No, not at all. <laughs> I was offended. I'm telling mom. <laughs> well, mom's been away for two years, so tough. Um, <laughs> what is it gonna say? This all this match was honestly so one thing I do want to bring up about this match, right? Is like this is 
a different style of wrestling. It might not be everyone's style of wrestling. This is what certain promotions do now. And like I say, AEW has a little something, something for everyone. You're not going to like every match. You're not going to like, you know, so much, uh, you know, that, that, that AEW puts on. There are stuff that personally I don't like, right? When they start going into the more hardcore side of things. But this is a style that, you know, I've learned to this is a variety over show. time. That's exactly it. This so, is you going. This you is you going of, into a, a Brazilian steakhouse and you getting a, a la carte variety of things. You you take what you want. You don't. You take put away what you don't. You put the red. You put the red card off when you don't want it. Oh man, I'm just thinking of like uh, some of those steakhouses when they oh, walk yeah. out with like the the skewers of meat and just oh. Anyways, that's exactly what this match was, right? It was that skewer of meat that was all juicy on your plate. This match was excellent. Not much selling. Not much, not much selling, not much slowing down, not much story. Just two guys going in there, kicking the shit out of each other in, with speed. There were a few spots like the um, German suplex that Takeshita did on Osprey. Yeah. There was that uh, brain buster on the corner that looked really nasty. Any oh, move bad. where you just My drop God. people and you don't know how they're falling, where they're falling, if they're yeah. going to fall, they'll scare me. Yeah. And then on top of that, the Tiger Driver 91. That, which that move. Even even when Masawa did that, it was still one of the nastiest moves ever. Cause my God, you could decapitate somebody and no no just no offense, but like he got, you know, we you know what happened to Masawa. Um, you know, when you do the Tiger Driver 91, it is a very dangerous move. I don't understand why people are still doing it. Like, Mitsuhara Mashawa should have never, ever created that move. And here's the thing about that move, right? I fully trust Will Ospreay to be able to do that move. It's the person taking it that you just yeah. never know. It is It is insane. But what I said, I call what I call this, this was a fire pro wrestling match brought to life. <laughs> this plain and simple. This was fire pro wrestling. This was as close to Dragon Ball Z as you're going to be getting. Right on the money. Right on the money. I was just about to say that too. Especially right? when especially when Dekesta did that. Let me talk about that forearm. <laughs> that thunderous forearm that broke that broke the sound barrier. Takesha did that when I went to went to the Philly show. And they when he did that, and I was like, I literally when he when I when he did that exact same, you know, um forearm elbow, I grabbed the guy next to me. I didn't know who that guy was. I didn't know his name. We 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 introduced each other for the first time just at that moment because it was so earth-shattering. Everybody in the front row was like, damn! It was like that. And you finally got to see it. Why we didn't see it in Philly? Because they put picture and picture on it at the time. So I am so glad that he was able to do that again. But at the same time, my God, that was insane. If, if he's not hurting people, that dude is a absolute artist at his at his craft did you see will osprey's and i know they zoomed in on it like his lower back and how bruised it was by the end of the match yeah it was it crazy was, oh yeah it was, it was so Takesha lowers his knee pad goes for a knee strike osprey stuffs it and he has this sudden burst of offense and but Takesha performs an inverted pile driver and then powered him up for a german suplex osprey shoots up 
hits Takeshita with an elbow strike. Osprey then covers Takeshita. He kicks out at one. The fans are going crazy. Everyone is going crazy. Takeshita turns Osprey inside out with the clothesline. Takeshita then went for a jumping knee, but Osprey catches him and hits him with a Styles Clash for a near fall. Osprey hits a nasty looking Tiger Driver 91 and then finally gets the hidden blade. Uh, to win the match in 22 minutes. And I think we were watching different feeds because this is what I saw. Don Callis enters the ring, checks in on both men. ROH, both men. ROH TV champion Kyle Fletcher walks to the ring dressed in a suit with his title belt around his waist. Everyone is chanting Osprey. The music is playing. Callis helps Takeshita to his feet. And then Takeshita fell to his knees in front of Osprey, who dropped to his knees and both Men bowed. Fletcher then enters the ring while Kalish and Takeshita left. Fletcher and Osprey are giving each other the look. Uh, the broadcast team then announced that this Wednesday on Dynamite, Kyle Fletcher will be facing Will Osprey one on one. Osprey and Fletcher hug, and that was that. I absolutely got to go back and watch that match, not only because of my enjoyment of it, but because, yeah, I, I might have just missed that part when they bow to each other. I, I, I swear to good, like, how long did were that you, take? Were you, were you having were a smoke? Like, I don't know what that, maybe that I was smoke. In, Not that you don't, I know you don't smoke. <laughs> right. Maybe I was in euphoria or something like that. I don't know what was going on, but I totally missed that part. I saw when um, Flacer came in and, you know, challenged them and, or hugged them, whatever like that, and did this threw up the crown sign, you know, I totally missed the bowing portion. So I don't know what the hell. <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. I, I love that so much. Um, <laughs> match of the year contender, question mark? Yeah, it's a, it's going to be in there. Like, good luck to whatever is going to try to compete with that match. I mean, say what you will about any other matches tonight. That one was the, was the match for me to beat. Not only just in this promotion, but in all promotions. 100%. 100%. Whenever Will Ospreay and Okada go at it, that could be up there. But yeah. right now, this is 100% match of the year contender. And I considering, have to sit and, and... Yeah, and considering Takeshita is almost the prototype of Kenny Omega in a lot of ways. He he had a lot of Kenny Omega-esque type of things going on tonight. Um, man, this this was definitely... it. This was right up Ospreay's alley. They gelled really well. This was that type of match. And oh, if this is what we're going to look forward to at AEW, let's go. Right? A hundred percent, man. That was so freaking good. And this leads us into the next match of the night, which was being billed as a main event. But I'm glad that this didn't go last. And that is for the AEW World Championship, a three-way match. Samoa Joe, your champion, versus Swerve Strickland with Prince Nana versus Hangman Adam Page Dax. Overall, I enjoyed it, albeit I am still disappointed. I mean, it was a great, it was a great uh, triple threat, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it, you know, I, 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 you know, as a, as a match, as a competitive match, I enjoyed it. The result, albeit I didn't, I'm not a big fan of the result. <laughs> so this match was interesting. This was, so lately we've been getting very good triple and or multi people matches, whether it be male or female, whether it be single or tag team or whatever, where they're able to keep everyone in the ring together, right? 
Yeah. There's been this trope, in, especially in WWE, in triple threats, where there's only two people in the ring. You get one person out of the ring, and they're taking a nap outside, waiting, <laughs> doing whatever it is that they do, you know, catching right. up on their novellas, whatever it is that they do, right? This match, however, had that trope, which is very weird, but it worked because nine out of ten times, it was Samoa Joe who they kind of got out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Which made yeah, it made, from a story standpoint, it absolutely made sense. And it was even more that he kept he was the one that was saving the uh the pens every single time. I thought that was actually quite funny. Yeah, yeah, it was very cool. And then we had if you didn't think of this before, Adam Page is now a bona fide heel because he beats up not one but two refs. And it's so funny because I had the exact same thought as you when he beat up the second ref. I'm like. Aubrey Edwards has to come out now so that he doesn't do anything. And if he does, it's like ultimate heel. But they oh, that would have been awesome. Um, but yeah, um, let's talk about the refs real quick. Did you notice that the refs are acting extra aggressive tonight? Yeah, they were. They Bryce, were all Bryce, Rims, Bryce Rimsburg more or less than any of them. Like he was yeah. trying to put in authority. I'm like, damn, we actually hear Bryce trying to pull his weight around. Like all of a sudden, look what happened. <laughs> Right? <laughs> That's actually hilarious. Yeah, he gets his ass kicked for it. And here's the thing that I love. At the very end of the match, I, I was it JR or Excalibur that essentially planted the seed of, did Hangman Page actually submit to the Kakina Clutch, or did he submit just to not have Swerve Strickland win the I title? I think that was Excalibur, once again, uh, interjecting his, uh, his logic to it, which he does a lot, and I always appreciate it because... He will make a follow-up situation better and make sense of it or try to make sense of it. Uh, yeah, I, I, he, I believe he was the one that created that narrative. Yep. It was so well done. This yeah. match was great, right? Heyman Adam Page, kind of just the, the, the odd man out, but he keeps stopping Swerve from winning the belt. And then we see Swerve do the ultimate face move when Prince Nana hands him the crown and Swerve says, nah, nah. He's not going to use it. You like how I did that? <laughs> I've been waiting all night for that. <laughs> Gotta love it. Yep. Yeah, he says no. That sets up the end. Uh, Swerve puts Page down with the JML driver. Joe Suplex Swerve hits Page in a... Puts Page in a rear naked choke. Uh, Paul Turner is back. Page taps out. AEW champion Samoa Joe lives another day again i said and we said this before when we predicted the show and all the stuff i'm not mad samoa joe one because i remember i talked about like there was a point where i feel like he should have the title a little bit longer but i still i when is going to be the time for you know for swerve to get it my only pet peeve about the match though is that swerve had this opportunity to get the pen when yes when joe did the muscle buster and he took them out with the uh, with the with the stomp, the house call. Yeah, the house call. And he did the house call. like, and he stares at Joe because he just again he wants Paige. It's like he wanted to be Paige for the belt, not Joe. Right. Like it's those small things. And and right there, I'm like, okay, cool. But you just caught yourself the belt. And again, in this match, at one point, uh, was it a when Joe had a Kakina clutch on Paige? And Swerve does like this weird right. jump from the top rope. It's like, guys, I understand it looks cool, but logically, 
All you needed to do was was blow hot air on the guy and would have broken up the band. <laughs> Agreed. I like it. Just just some things that you need to think through a little bit better. Because I bet you they look back on it as like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done it. Right? Could have went about it. It a different looks cool. Way. Look damn cool. It did, but you know that was your big. That was that made you look kind of stupid at the end. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day. At the end of the day, right? Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Now. Something that I did want to bring up is this. Similar to Deanna Perrazzo, we've seen this in the past. Look at Jay White. He's he's in 12 people matches after having a shot against MJF. What is next for Swerve Strickland? Is he going to go back to another program with Adam Page? Or is he going to continue his program with Samoa Joe? We have Wardlow in the mix now because Wardlow is now technically the number one contender with a title shot. I don't think... The crowd, the fans are going to let Swerve go into um, in, in, into uh, limbo with that. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. That's the difference between Jay White and Swerve because Swerve is on a, a, a extreme hot streak right now, and it will be the Daniel Bryan uh, Daniel Bryan effect if they even remotely try to put him back in that same spot. He, they got they got to put him. They got to keep him going. I don't think he him and him and Hangman should be done. Um, Whatever Hangman is going through or doing, let him handle it. Let him move on to something else. Um, let him get another title at this point. Swerve needs to go after Samoa Joe, especially because he didn't get pinned. Exactly. He had nothing to do in the ending. So naturally, I feel like he should get another shot at some point. Will this other shot be at AEW Dynasty, which was announced after this match? AEW Dynasty pay-per-view Sunday, April 21st in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, the, uh, the tickets go on sale this Friday. Man, I'm sorry. I'm not banking like that. <laughs> no. This is the reason why I stopped watching UFC. <laughs> it's like when they start getting too many pay-per-views, it's like I'm done. <laughs> There's no I, I know how to, it was every, I, I know how to do math. <laughs> yeah, right. When it was every other month with UFC, cool. I could watch oh, it. Was them, awesome. right? But then it became a pay-per-view and a fight night every month. But that's the problem. And that's the thing I think that's and it's WWE has the same issue. When they started adding more, it dilutes the quality. Every single time. Like it, when you had the, the four, thing when, when you had saves like, WWE is the fact now, not then. Now you got Peacock, you pay a couple of dollars and you get everything. That is true. That is absolutely true. And that is absolutely the saving grace of that. But when you're doing pay-per-view models, let's be real. I, where are they getting this? Who is, who are, is telling these companies that we can afford it? <laughs> like, especially there's so many other fandoms that we're all into. Like, come on, this is the, let's be realistic. Do four, that's it, or at least, four, at least one, or at least one more, but not like Six, one every month, one every two months. I could live one every two months, but now we have March, April, we have Dynasty. I keep on calling it Destiny. I actually have to look at my notes. That's why I kind of stopped there. We have Dynasty in April. We have Double or Nothing in May. We have Forbidden Door in June. Then in August, we have All In. And then a couple days after that, we have all out. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. No, I look. I love again. I'm a I'm an AEW fan. I can prove it, but I'm not that much of a fan when it comes to like them trying to you know take my drain my wallet. It's just it, that's no. I use logic. I'm, I'm a consumer before I'm a fan, folks. <laughs> and you, he really is. 
do the math from January to December and the price of these deals plus whatever fees that they ask for and every other thing that they ask, they want you to buy. You put that together. A lot of the stuff that they want you to spend, you really can't afford depending on where mm-hmm. you work at retail. Yeah. Even corporate to some extent, it's a lot because you're, you're spending on streaming apps, you're spending on games, you're spending on all types of type of entertainment. You know, unless you're solely a fan of wrestling and only wrestling, that's a whole nother thing. But the real the reality is most of the demographics are into more, you know, other uh, into other things than just this. Look, I'm going to sum it up with one term. Jason Agnew coined this term years ago. More is more. And that's where we are with AEW right now, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, I, I was hoping that they never go to this model, but here we are. Well. Is this now I have a question, you know, earlier on the main show, I was talking about the possibility that they are very close to re-signing with WB Discovery, which would put a lot of their programming on Max, maybe even turning them into PLEs on Max. Is, 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 does the, would the model work then? I'm hoping for it. <laughs> I am absolutely hoping that that's what happens. Cause the, I mean, say what you will, like, I, I I know Peacock isn't making that much money off of that WWE uh, product, but like, it's still better for the fans. Um, I'm hoping yep. that they go that route. I mean, I'm I'm still flabbergasted and intrigued by when here in Canada, starting in Royal Rumble next year, I'm gonna be watching everything on Netflix. Netflix, no, <laughs> that is so crazy, man. Again, they couldn't handle a live episode of Love Is Blind. That's all I'm saying. They did the the, the, the that's interesting. But the Chris yeah, Rock sag. special they did sag just they did a couple sag weeks ago, and the Chris Rock uh, special, which was the first one to go live, that went off without a hitch. Yeah, I just like bringing you know it's just it's a joke because I watch Love Is Blind. Oh man, this new season is absolutely wild. There's a I chick can't... who described herself as Megan Fox. Oh no, I saw that. I saw that from TMZ. <laughs> Everyone has. <laughs> I, I I did see that. That's uh yeah. It, you know what's so bad? She's not really that bad. She's not bad looking at all. No, it's, she's it's, that's the funniest part. It's just when you put it on that pedestal. Check what you do. <laughs> Brian Austin Green was right. He he may not be a, he may not agree with his ex-wife, but she is a one of a kind. <laughs> Brian Austin hey, Green. Oh man, it- <laughs> He's done well for himself. Oh, yeah. Uh, no complaints, the, dude. Anyway, <laughs> to the main event we go. <laughs> it's, you know, it's almost, it's 1.30 in the morning when Young Bucks, uh, they come. All right. So a video package airs to set up the main event. Justin Roberts handles the introduction, said the main event would be a tornado match. Let's remember that one. Rick Flair made his entrance, and then Ricky Steamboat was introduced as the guest timekeeper. Sure. Flair and Steamboat hugged on the ramp, and then they headed to ringside. Nikita Koloff and Magnum TA were shown in the crowd along Loved with Scotty it. Riggs. Loved it. I was all for this. I was like, okay, they, this is this is my fandom <laughs> being catered to. So awesome yep. to see those guys. Oh, for sure. It was cool. It was, it was cool. It was like one of those cool moments, but a very cool moment that happened as the Young Bucks. Oh, sorry. The EVPs, Matthew and Nicholas, raised from underneath the stage, wearing long robes, having a new theme that sounded like the theme to Succession. Excellent stuff. 
<laughs> and I like the fact that they don't know they no longer shoot out the uh, dollar bills. They shoot out their business cards now. <laughs> they are yeah, fully in. I, I love, love that. It. The dedication is just awesome. Yep. Some would say I'm even all in on this. <laughs> Dari Allen makes his entrance, and then we get a video for Sting featuring a lot of classic photos while he was watching footage of his career inside a movie theater. Once the movie stopped playing, Sting sat alone in the theater and said it was showtime for the last time. He looks straight into the camera and says, let's do this. Man, if Darby Allen was the one responsible for doing this um, this vignette, he is awesome. <laughs> I'm he sure is, he was. I'm sure I he will, was. This man, thank, thank you, Tony Khan and AEW, because they gave him a platform for a, a IMDb resume unlike anybody I've ever seen. If he wanted to go into filmmaking, he has a huge, huge resume of list of, of great videos that he's done for this company. Unfortunately, it's not like his wrestling career is going to be long, especially after this match. Well, he got a, he got another career in filmmaking, so he could he could be the uh, new Jeremy Borash at this point. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So Sting's AEW entrance music plays. One of Sting's sons comes out dressed as Surfer Sting. His other son comes out as NW Wolfpack Sting. The music then changes to Metallica Seek and Destroy, which was his final WCW theme. Sting makes his entrance and hugs Allen on the ramp before they head to the ring to set up the main event of the evening and Sting's retirement match. Sting and Darby Allen versus Matthew Jackson and Nicholas Jackson for the AEW championships. Okay. I well, here's my here's my kick with this cuz I'm agree with you on everything you're going to say about this. But I'm also going to say as well I enjoyed this match overall. But I will also say that each person that wasn't Sting's sons had way better matches than this with less smoke and mirrors, if you will. I'll I kind of wanted them to just have a normal match, and I think they could have pulled it off with ease. But for some reason, they had to have this GCWS type of, you know, um, hardcore match. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. But, for the, you know, for what it's worth, the crowd was, you know, bloodthirsty and hyped about it. They, you know, they got the excitement. They did tell a story within it all. Um, overall, I did enjoy it. I did like it. And it, and the right, they, they left, they let people go home happy. I just felt like I'm agree with you. Probably what you're going to say is they we didn't need all this. <laughs> I'm going to agree with everything that you said, right? Uh, I am not a so this is coming from the Facebook group right now live because we are live on X, Facebook and YouTube. So remember, if you're listening on podcast after most pay-per-views, we are live on the YouTube's. Uh, I am not a gimmick match guy, but I've been a Stink fan since the 80s, back when he came in for, from Mid-South, so I loved this match. And that's the thing. At the end of the day, this is Sting's final match. This had that that nostalgia. This had that, as the French say, I don't know what to it. This is not my style of match whatsoever, but I appreciated everything they did, and I'm pretty sure that Sting will never want to have a match like that again. Um, it was crazy. But right. it's, it's funny because as soon as this match not. started, yeah, you know, and Sting's sons comes in, came into the ring and start doing Stinger splashes. Right. Every, I think can, everyone was like, we, wait a can minute. Can we just say, can we what's say, what's going on? Can we say Sting's clones? Okay. Right. 
<laughs> I'm not believing they're his sons. I believe he cloned these kids. <laughs> That's some like, you know, like some some Captain America stuff going on in there. We've seen a lot of wrestlers, uh, kids looking just like them lately. They're the clones. <laughs> like the former UFC fighter. Yeah, that had I mean, diverticulitis. That's that. That's crazy. Like he took a rib and made made that that daughter of his. I mean, like it's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I don't know what's going so on yeah, in the wrestling world. The Suns get involved right away, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's a tornado match. People forgot that instantly, and I don't. Like, did they even say that? At you know, did he, did Justin Roberts even announce that in the he beginning? Did. He did. Okay. He did. Okay. Again, I'm again. I missed that. Like I missed the all spray bowing situation. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So at one point in the match, Darby Allen climbs a very tall ladder, takes a jump, and goes through the uh, the glass that was set up, and he cut his back so badly. Look, okay, folks, you guys see this right now. This is a 132 stitch scar that I did and when I was 16 and I punched one of those windows with the barbed wire in there out of anger. When you're that angry and when you have that much adrenaline, you don't feel that pain. I can't even fathom. Yeah, and I'd end up, yeah, and blood, you think Darby's blood was pouring. This was this was blood pouring profusely from the fourth floor of my high school to the third floor. <laughs> it's a whole story with that, but I digress. You have to have some sort of adrenaline to be able to do something like that and not care about the pain that you're getting into. I can't fathom Darby. I did this once and I said I was never going to do this again because I was just, you know, I need to regress my anger. Darby doing that. I don't I I, I don't I can't fathom what's in his head and what it, what, what it encourages him to have that type of adrenaline to be able to pull that off in every single match like that. Cause he, it just, it, it, it's crazy. And I'm, I'm saying that <laughs> it's crazy. Um, yeah, I need him instinct not to ever do this stuff again. <laughs> like both of them. Yeah, it was absolutely crazy. Um, who was it that went off the stage again? What, uh, I forgot that. And I lost my place in my notes for a quick second when they jumped off the stage and you said Seth Rollins needs to take an oath. <laughs> he was um, Nick Jackson. The Falcon so, Arrow. Yes, Falcon Arrow. <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh, Seth Rollins watching this. I, I, honestly, I really am interested in wondering if he actually did. Why. I know he's, he has a lot of respect for Sting. I know he, he grew up with Sting and he's an idol. But I also know that if he could turn back time again, he probably would wish that he didn't, you know, did what he did. But I also probably know that he's glad that he's able to still do what he's doing right now. Yeah, because this run, it this run Nick. has been he, awesome. It was Nick, it was Nicholas. He Falcon Arrow Darby off of the stage. That just yes. looked absolutely nasty. Um, yeah, so Darby's done basically at this point for most of the rest of the match. Sting gets thrown into uh, Matthew threw Sting onto another table on the other side of the ramp. That yeah, that's exactly what happened. I missed that yeah. one actually because I was still like, what the hell is going on with half of this match? Um, so Sting is then left in the ring. 
fending off for himself. The Bucks uh, start beating up on Sting. We get a F the Young Bucks chant. Uh, Sting is showing signs of life, but the Bucks whip him into the corner. Matt howled in Sting's style and went for a Stinger splash. But Sting moved, and Nicholas threw a simultaneous kick that caught his brother. Sting put Matt on a table that was set up next to a giant ladder in the ring. Uh, Sting climbed up the ladder, but Matt followed him up, cut him off. Nick sets up a pane of glass in the corner. Uh, Matt powerbombed, or kind of does a weird kind of hip toss type move through the table. Sting popped up while the Bucks were celebrating. Sting worked over the Bucks for a moment, but they kicked him. And they tossed them through the sheet of glass in the corner. Uh, Which, again, I didn't think he was going to do it, but cut. And how about... I don't. What is he wearing under that shirt that protected him? Because he got he did not get affected at all. He was armored. Yeah, who up. knows what he was? <laughs> he was armored up for sure. A hundred percent, he was. I'm like, get man, this dude <laughs> going out with a bang. Matt kicks Matt. Yeah, Matt kicks Sting in the balls and hits him with a scorpion death drop. Covers him for a near fall. Nicholas tried to grab one of the tag team titles from Steamboat, who tried to hold on. Nicholas ends up. With the belt and Steamboat was kicked in the gut. Flair then enters the ring, covers Sting while Matt stood over both of them and told the Bucks, enough. Then he got up from his knees. The Bucks hit Flair with a double super kick. Steamboat climbs onto the apron and ate a double super kick. Matthew hits Sting with the belt, covers him for a near fall. So this is, I was laughing at this point. Because this was literally Anakin Skywalker going into the Jedi Temple and beating up all the youngs. Except this is the young bucks, the EVPs, going into a geriatric home and beating up all the old guys. This was just beautiful. A senior citizen's assassin. (laughs) But here's the thing. It was to their character at the same time. Remember, they want these old guys out Mm -hmm. of their company. And it made a lot of sense, and the crowd ate it up. Yep. Again, remember, so to, to some folks, the Bucks don't know how to tell stories. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, Sting <laughs> gets to his knees. The Bucks, mocking, shook his hands, hits him with another EVP, uh, with an EVP trigger. I love it because they're like, great work with you, great time, blah, 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 blah. Matt covers Sting, who immediately kicks out. Sting pounds on his chest, calls for more. The Bucks hit him in with a double super kick. Matthew picks up Sting. Nicholas went up top for a move, but Darby returns, tosses Nicholas to the floor through a table. Sting hits a scorpion death drop on Matthew for a near fall. Allen then hits Matthew with a coffin drop. Sting plays to the crowd, applies a scorpion death lock, and Matthew taps out. Sting and Darby Allen defeat the Young Bucks in 21 minutes to retain the AEW Tag Team titles. Then after the match, they get on the mics. They're kind of thanking, well, Darby Allen is thanking Sting, and the feed gets cut off. But that's, I digress. That's like you said, that'll probably end up on social media, which is probably up there right now nowadays. But that's that, man. That yeah. is the match. Are you shocked that, that Darby and Sting won? Absolutely not, because we we kind of we kind of saw that as a possibility. Um, again, and that's no slight on the new WWE right now because we don't know what how they're going to do things, and we're seeing a little bit of what they're doing right now, which I'm liking. Um, but the, the, the bring letting people go home happy is something that 
AEW has always tried to do. So they they tried to go away from certain traditional ideologies, and this was one of them. And I'm glad that they did because it made for a very memorable moment. Um, this was the Trish Stratus moment, if you will, where they you know they ended up getting you know her the title and let her get her respects out of there before she initially left, and it felt good, it felt great, and you'll remember this for a long time because not only just for the spectacle, but just for the 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 moment that and people can say I was there. Yeah, I think that was it. Everyone's going home happy, right? I think Sting is, again, Sting is one of those people that you can break any rule for because he's the Stinger. He's pissed off no one. He's had a storied career. He's done it all. He's seen it all. He's played good his entire career. This is the one time that I think he was forced to be selfish. And added to that, 16-0. and 0. And he's leaving undefeated. Yeah. 29 and 0. Is it 29? Because they said 16 and 0. Uh, on, on the, uh, uh, on the, are they Goldbergen? <laughs> I, I saw on the on the Chiron when he was coming out. Something, right. Another detail you may have missed, Dak. Uh, <laughs> Your feed was different. <laughs> hey, US and Canada do some different things, babe. <laughs> well, yeah, but even, do, buddy. Another thing, right. too, another thing, too, is Darby Allen's. Again, we talked about Darby Allen's resume, you know, you know, filmography resume. His just career, man, like to be able to not only just come to this company and get this opportunity that he probably would not have gotten in a in in WWE. Let's be real at the time. We again, I can't speak for now because this is going to be a different road that they're doing. But he we all know he would not have got this opportunity. And then on top of that, to be Nightwing to Sting's Batman in this whole process. um, What an awesome career this guy has had. And he deserves it because he works his ass off doing it. Um, I really enjoyed his run with Sting, and I'm glad that he was able to have this moment with Sting as well. Like, that's it's just freaking awesome. It, it what a great story to, to, for both of them. And there, in the end of the day, coming from the chat. So, what does Darby do? Does he defend the belts on his own? MJF did it, so it's not unprecedented. Yeah, I, I think that he's gonna they're gonna give him up in in some shape or form. I think in my mind. How I would want this is that he let yeah he lets go of the belt because he doesn't want to team up with anybody other than Sting and then he just go on a solo road and never yep. go for the tag titles ever again. Yeah, not that he has a lot of time left because no again yeah crazy. that too that too you know so I think that's a good way to end into his tag team run and he had a great tag team run. Just like we're going to end the review of this show overall, excellent show. We're going to turn things over to you. Just remember, if you're a patron, you already have the link. If you just want to join, well, just let me know on the on the chat, and I'll send you a link. Bob Kapoor sends this. He says, fun hardcore match to end the show. Might have been the first time I liked a Bucks match, despite them have still having to get in all their nonsense. They really should have cut one or two matches to show the post-match speech by Sting and any post-match celebration. But that's the beauty of social media. Yeah, absolutely. I just wonder what match would that have been? I mean, honestly, probably the, the zero-hour match, maybe. I don't know. But um, that I don't know. I don't know what match because all of them in, in hindsight, all of them were actually I mean, maybe the, the eight man scramble could have been cut down a little bit more to fit that in. I love how you're having this conversation on your own and like you've come to the same conclusion I was going to. OK, yeah, I'm thinking I'm just thinking the lineup and everything. I'm like, yeah, it probably had to have been that one. 
Yeah, that's the one I would have cut. Or Osprey Takeshita. I'm joking. I, boy, boy. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. You're going to be lucky. Right. <laughs> Tom, you're, I hope you're ready. We're going to put you on right now. Hey, Tom, how's it going? Hi, guys. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Um, Good. Um, I don't know what's happened to the camera, but we'll do it this way. Um, I thought you were doing exactly. a gimmick. I know, right? <laughs> are you, are you doing? Are you gonna like turn the lights on and Darby Allen or some new wrestler <laughs> gonna be behind you or something? Yeah. What's up, Tom? What do you think so, of the show? What do you want to talk about? I think that whole thing was like nonstop action, right? There were no breaks in between. Mm-hmm. It was just bang, 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 bang. Now, now yeah. for some people that could be a good thing. Some people that could be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But in the end, we got our money's worth, and I didn't get to fast forward through too much uh, stuff. So uh, next, I guess uh, I thought Darby Allen would have uh, ended up on his back, but or sorry, Sting on his back, but mm-hmm. I guess they're going to do probably a tournament and. And that's why they're going to try and make people pay $50 again uh, in a couple weeks. The question is, Tom, what are you going to pay 50 bucks for another? <laughs> Dax, think of this. What's that? Where is the Crockett Cup probably most famous? In Greensboro. Well, one of the one of the cities that NW was really big. North Carolina. St. Louis. St. Louis. Okay. All right. That is what. Where yeah. is... Crockett Cup. I know that they've done a lot of shows in St. Louis. Was, was eighty-seven? Was was eighty-seven in in uh, St. Louis? I think it was AEW Dynasty is going to be in St. Louis. Why don't they do a WrestleMania four, a tag team tournament for the titles? Yeah. I wouldn't mind that. Um, honestly, because I'm such a big stickler of like for um, tournaments. If it's an all tournament pay per view, that might make me jump on. Right, I, I love that's I, the gimmick. People Tom's don't understand. Idea. There you I, go. People don't understand. I love tournaments. I really do. I love, like, even if even when I play WWE 2K 20, 20 whatever, I love playing the tournament mode because it you, there's so much story you can tell with that situation. Mortal Kombat. There you go. Yeah. Um, enter go. the dragon. <laughs> yeah. Enter the dragon. <laughs> Exactly. Street Tom, that's hell, a great yeah. idea. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised if they do that. It gives a lot of people a break, you know, because having back-to-back pay-per-views, how do you book back-to-back pay-per-views? The turnaround sometimes is the biggest issue with AEW. So just set it up for the tournament. I agree. Yeah, good good idea. Great great idea, Tom. Anything else to add? Um, I guess um, Tony Khan really needs to... Trust somebody with a book, right? Uh, Maybe we a rampage to start. Agreed. If they if they do well, then collision, and so on and so forth, because he's not the oinkoink, and nobody can be the oinkoink, and um, the oinkoink was the oinkoink. <laughs> that's that's the thing, right? We've been saying it 
so long, whether it be on these after parties or whether it be on All Elite Geekly, which you can listen to every Thursday on the network, um, it's that Tony Khan does too much. He is overstretched. He's overworked. Not only does he have the, uh, Dynamite, Collision, Rampage, he has ROH to still book, and he's heavily involved with his dad's main businesses of Fulham FC and the Jacksonville Jaguars. He is a busy busy person on top of everything else that he does like at some point the shoe the other you know wait the other shoe's gonna fall and tony khan is going to need <laughs> that help agreed uh yeah I, I i the thing that you know boggles me is that he's not a stupid dude like we've seen um actually do smart make smart decisions do things strategically how does he not see this he's seen this happen from people prior to how does he not see that he's being caught up in the same situation? I, I just don't get it. Maybe he's just having too much fun, right? Like he, he, like he might just be having too much fun thinking that he can do it, not realizing how burnt out he really is. That's almost like a, like an addict almost, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, no, I mean, I know there's the jokes and everything, Work, but like, like workaholic, uh, workaholic, workaholic. There you go. <laughs> thank you for thank you for tagging in on. It. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, got, I hope I didn't bring up start start those uh, jokes up again. <laughs> <laughs> you did inadvertently, but that's okay. No, but that's the thing, it right? Like at some point, the other shoe's gonna fall. It's all yeah, good. agreed. Any, any final words, Tom? Um, I just hope. Wardlow gets something because before CM Punk uh, politicked in the media and everything, it was MJF. And the guy that got yep. screwed was Wardlow. Yeah, he big got time. screwed big time. He big deserved time. something. Yep. So you know what I, I would like for you guys Yeah. And enjoy. Thanks. Thanks so much, Tom. Thank you so much as always. Again, thank you for being a patron. Your support means the world to us and the entire team here at As Enemy Radio. Uh, so again, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Yep. All right. So, Dax, let's quickly, before we end things, because it is getting a little late, right before we end things, big business is happening, not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday. I'm looking forward do, to that. Who do you foresee showing up? Do you foresee just Monet? Do you foresee Okada? Do you foresee what, what, what's 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 what are you thinking for the next few weeks in AEW? I've been contemplating this. It's definitely Monet, but I think the bonus is going to be Okada. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna. Um, especially because out of sight, out of mind too. The minute that that coin drops, people are gonna go. Let's and it's a perfect time yeah. to do it. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like it's gonna be crazy. Here's the thing though, right? And this has been again Deanna Prazo, Wardlow, Swerve Strickland, Adam Page. Will these people get lost in the shuffle with every time the somebody new, new comes in available? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, he he doesn't he his uh his toy bin is really unorganized right now. And uh, he definitely needs to restructure. Yep, and that's my fear. Again, I'm not. I'm not trying to shit talk Tony Khan. I'm not trying to shit talk AEW. These are just legit things. These legit questions that I'm wondering because we've seen in the past that you're the flavor of the month, and then you're not. So now, with probably some of their biggest signings in history outside of CM Punk, yeah. 
you know, we'll see what happens. No, here's the thing. It's what you're saying is warranted. Um, I want in my heart of hearts to defend AEW like I did from 2019 to 2022 and really praise this company for what they were. But let's be real. It's not what it once was. It's ever changing. It's ever growing. And it's expanding rapidly in a way that we don't know if he, he can control it. And we're seeing signs in a lot of different aspects right now. Um, that's one of the issues that people are having. Every time somebody new comes in, other people get turned away. Um, and it's just, there needs to be a restructure. He needs help. Um, this is, this is Gabe Sapolsky effect all over again, which I, again, he's a ring of honor fan. How does he not see that he's becoming Gabe Sapolsky? It, it, right. it, that's the crazy part. It, it, it bothers me, man. But nonetheless. All right, Dax. Um, yeah. Before we go, quickly, ACMG. Talk about that real quick. All right, folks. I also have a show called ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's a show that you see right here that caters to all things anime, comics, movies, and games with weekly news, reviews, and some interviews with some of the people you know in your favorite fandom. So you could go to TalkTimeLive.com, check all that out, as well as any place that you can listen to the podcast at Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google, you know, uh, Pandora, Audible, you name it. We're there. Just type in ACMG Presents Talk Time Live in your search engine. But go to TalkTimeLive.com because you can find all that content and more. Thank you so much for that. And you can listen to Dax and I each and every single Thursday as we review AEW Dynamite on All Elite Geekly. Yeah, that's the show. All Elite Geekly. <laughs> it's almost 2 a.m. I'm like starting to lose it. And you can listen to each and every single one of our show, like the Raw Dogs and the Draw Raw Review. Draw Straws Raw Review. I always get that messed up in my head, and then it just doesn't come out. Uh, you can listen to Randy and Eric be each and every single Tuesday as they review Raw. You got the Smack Daddies on Saturday mornings after SmackDown. You have the Grants who have your Collision catch-up as they touch on Rampage and Collision each and every single week. We've got shows for MLW with George McKay and Uncle Bobby B. That'll be coming back very soon. We have shows for anything that you like, even your Jap your Puresu and Japanese scene as Melball and Andre C chat about that whenever there's uh, something to chat about. And that's the what I love about the chaotic Japanese schedule, <laughs> that it happens when it happens. So you can catch all of those shows by going to your favorite podcast catcher and searching for Sunday night's main event. We're on all the social medias at SNME Radio. You can get all of the SNME merch by going to choppedtees.com slash SNME Radio. That's choppedtees.com slash SNME Radio. And you can be part of the family by going over and joining our Patreon by going to patreon.com slash SNME Radio. Again, thank you so much for listening. It means so much. I love doing these things. Like I say, it's been long, but here we are. Dax, as always, thank you. And more importantly, thanks to AEW. And the most important, thank you, Sting, for everything. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And most importantly, stay tranquilo.